Hey Money Bosses, today I want to talk about teaching our children healthy money habits. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. I am Anna Shergunina, and I am your host. I'm excited for this topic Um, as I just recently had a pleasure of interviewing a very special guest from uh, Kids Money Academy, her name is Dee, for my summit that's about to launch. So you're actually hearing about this for the first time, but in a couple of weeks, and stay tuned for more information, I'm launching a summit called Money Boss Summit, um, where you're going to hear from 23 exciting guests on all money topics. And so one of the conversations I had with, was, uh, with Dee from the Kids Money Academy. She's a mom and also a, a CPA who decided uh, at some point when um, she wasn't able to answer questions that her five-year-old son was asking about money that it was time to actually become better at being able to explain money topics to her son. And so that's where the idea of Kids Money Academy was born. And from there, it just uh, took off because there's definitely need for more conversations on this topic. And so I wanted to share with you today a few ideas I picked up from some of the things that she's recommending. But if you want to hear more, I certainly invite you to uh, tune in into our summit. And so um, as well as uh, stay tuned for uh, more details on it in just a bit. So here are a couple things that I took away from my interview with her. Number one is to start early. And some parents may be listening here and um, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, young kids, younger kids. My son Liam is 21 months old. So I certainly um, am starting to think about what are some of the easy stuff I can do with him to get him involved and think about money, right? Because he's just uh, too little and he recommends to start talking about and having you know conversations and doing certain things uh, around age four. So starting early is certainly advisable, but don't get discouraged because it's really never too late to start having any any kind of conversations, right? Or start teaching uh, kids um, money lessons. And so uh, wherever you are at this point, just start. I think that's more important than the age, um, any of the things. So number two, Takeaway for me was to show or demonstrate. And so don't just give a theory or, you know, read a book to them or give them an example. Let them be part of the process, right, that involves money. And I'm going to give you some examples of some of the things you could be doing, right, to to actually give them hands-on experience. Because where I've seen, and I've seen this also in an interaction with clients that I've had over the years, and also even in my own personal experience, had I had more hands-on training, right? Not just somebody's telling me like, you don't need to, you, you need to save your money or you need to 
you know, uh, not charge things on a credit card right now. I was a, not a kid. I was a younger adult uh, when all of this started to become, uh, you know, start to face me uh, in, in, you know, in the reality. But um, it's really more about letting them be involved. So here are some of the examples of things that you can be teaching them as you go on along. Number one is saving habit, right? And even if I had to give examples of what uh, my father-in-law is doing with Liam, and it's really unintentional. It's not, I don't think it's anything thought through just yet, but I noticed a couple times now when he was coming, when he's coming to visit us, um, and he, and this is maybe just a personal interest, but he loves uh, coins. So he's a coin collector. He collects coins from all over the world, and it's, it's a great hobby. We have a ton of coins already, and I know who's going to inherit them uh, one day. But what he does when he comes, he has, I don't know, a penny or a dime, and we have a little, not so much even a piggy bank, but a bottle with um, all the coins we've collected, just whatever, loose change, basically. And so he gives him one, uh, one coin to drop into that bottle, right? It's a water bottle, like a gallon water bottle. Um, and so he's starting to kind of repeat, you know, he's in the phase right now where he's repeating a lot of words. And so coin, coin is what he's saying. But what I'm trying to allude here is allow them to actually touch the money, right? Allow them to have some, some form of interaction with it, right? Where, you know, the saving habit starts to grow. And so is it, is it a, a piggy bank, a real piggy bank, right? Um, or is it, you know, something like a, a bottle where you throw coins, um, coins into because um, not only this you know starts to uh, plant those seeds in their mind that um, you know you've got to be you've got to be having that that habit of saving right because all they're seeing especially young kids is that things just show up right and they show up out of nowhere because a mom a dad right or someone in the family took care of it so having having that to be uh, a skill is really rather important. Now, something else that I thought that was interesting um, in terms of how Dee interpreted this, this idea, but letting them touch the money. And so how do kids actually have access to money? And some families practice giving allowances, some don't, and that's totally fine. Whatever your idea of, you know, of, of, of that is and wherever you are, it's fine. As long as you allow them, right, to have money, because if it's all about theory, if you're just telling them, like I mentioned in the, my my takeaway number one, if you're just telling them what to do and how it works, and they really never get to experience, then it's not solidifying, right? It's not closing these loops in their mind. And so when they have the opportunity, if it's through allowance and they get it once a week to do something with the money, right? Then it starts to give them more seeds, right? Deeper seeds. And so whatever, however you want, if you don't pay for chores, that's fine. If you do pay for chores, that's fine. But teaching them that money doesn't just show up and doesn't grow on trees. And then from there, giving them the opportunity to actually handle it themselves. So those were the kind of the highlights. So I think if you think about that framework, from there, what are some of the kind of a, you know important habits to develop for anyone? I think number one is to be able to save, right? And we already talked about. So if you're starting with that, maybe you like the idea or you've heard of idea of using uh, three jars. You have one jar to save, you have one jar to spend, you have one one jar to give and sort of let your kids figure out, right, where they want to allocate the money. And one of the things that I also picked up 
in our conversation is not to be judgmental. Give them the opportunity to make a decision of based on what they think is right. And that let that be a lesson right on its own. So if one week or they decide that they want to put all of the money in the give jar or all in the spend, that is fine. That's the that's their choice, that's their decision. And so then there's going to be the consequence to it. And for example, if you have the if you do 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 like the idea of the spend, you know, spend give and save jars, maybe even to take it further. So like if they do focus on the spending, take them take them shopping with you and let them buy whatever they want for the money that they have. Because again, that's going to teach them that all right, well for example, if you decided to spend all your money this week on whatever it is that you bought, you may not have any for the next week or the weeks after, right? So you have to start showing them the process of how money moves. That's the important piece. I think it's the understanding that it moves and it's not stagnant. I also like the idea with the giving part um, to, to, to help them become a little bit more um, given worthy, right? And, and, and sharing, um, you know, as much as they want and can, and even just sharing with the family or, you know, members or siblings. And so uh, one tool that I really uh, thought was cool that I wanted to share with you, and I can include it in, in the links, is called Charity Navigator. And this is probably better for older kids, right? Or maybe even teenagers where it, I mean, it's a really cool website that has a lot of information. And so getting them involved and interested in looking up certain charities. And so, for example, there's there's a list uh, of, to- of to- top 10 most followed charities. And so like Doctors Without Borders on the list, number one charity, American Red Cross, the Nature, Nature Conservancy, and so forth. So the list goes on. Getting them involved in the process and see, okay, what, what am I interested in? And where would I, where, where could I put my money, right, in terms of giving so that it could impact, you know, someone um, in the long run? And then something else that I think is, and I would be, um, it wouldn't be a complete episode if I didn't talk about this um, in this realm, but I wanted to instill this, at least for Liam in the young age, that there is a power of growing the money, right? That's not, it's not just this, you can't save your way to wealth, right? So if you want to work on creating true wealth, we really need to think about the growth of the money. And so perhaps this is a, this is a layer of a conversation, right, that will we'll be taught later for some. For example, something very simple, and I wish I'd, I wish I'd done it because Liam was only 21 months old, so it's not too late actually for me to do that. But for example, when you open, opened up a 529 savings account, I remember actually, because um, we did it um, probably about a year and a half, you know, maybe he was about four or five months old, and so, like, they give you this cool certificate, like, congratulations, you know, your your first contribution. I remember, I think it was like a $3,000 contribution that we made. And they give you this cool certificate. Well, show it to them. Show it to them, right, and explain what this is. Why are you actually putting money into this account, right? And so if the kids are a little bit older, you can start to introduce concepts of compounding, right, and how maybe show them the balances one month and then to turn around and, and come back and show the balances in the next month and, and explain what happens, why the money is changing, or maybe one month is going to be lower because of the market fluctuations. So I thought it was a really cool idea um, to, to actually get them involved physically, right, and start 
start start for them to actually learn how things things work. I know some parents actually take it even a step further, and maybe perhaps you can set up a custodial account. I have clients who've done that and let their teenage kids make decisions, maybe pick stocks that they want to buy. So like that's, you know, definitely more advanced. But at the very least, right, maybe take even a cute picture with with your with your child um, at the at the you know these little milestones. So I'm a, I'm a yet to do that. I have to find my certificate uh, for the first contribution we made to Liam's 529 account, and um, I'm gonna go back and do it because it hasn't happened that 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 long. Um, so the one book that I actually thought about sharing with you, and I've done a whole series on this about a year and a half ago. Um, called The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clausen. And it's the classical book that talks about, it's a little hard to read, but um, there's six or seven lessons that are really actually covering a lot of what I just talked about. Like some of these basic things and how, how money, you know, does grow if you, you know, if you put it in the right motion. So this is, this would be a good suggestion for parents if you want to check it out. And then also, it would be a good uh, good read for teenagers. Um, so check that out. I will link it in the, in the podcast notes. But I think at the end of the day, you as a parent need to let them make their own decisions. Yes, you're guiding them. Yes, you're you know educating them. Yes, you're providing for them. But it's a learning process. And it's better learned when they're involved. And so our job becomes to be a good model for them, right? Model good behavior. And so I think if anything you take away from this, if you are the one that still needs to work on some of these things, and um, maybe perhaps those are the first steps you need to take. Go back and look, even take take a look at this book that I was mentioning, The Richest Man in Babylon, and see if you are hitting some of those basic things, like spending, giving, saving, right? Obviously on on the greater scale, but are you on target with those things? Are you doing it? Because, you know, this is this is how we create that next generation of money savvy kids. And so, um, I wanted to kind of close with this and and see if you've been growing up in a household where money was talked about openly, and how you know, just curious how your parents taught you. Um, when you were growing up, or maybe they haven't, and you had to learn some of these things on your own. Uh, So until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, Money Boss, thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, So don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.